Welcome to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, musically, fresh socks and jocks and everything in between, never forgetting the talc. And you are very welcome back to another episode of Dynamo's Dozen. And I've been asked recently by some listeners from various countries all around the world, Ian, why should you never forget the talc? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. We're a couple of hundred episodes in. Well, we're about a hundred now, to be fair. But a couple of hundred sounds better. It sounds bigger. It sounds bolder. Just like me. Basically, what the talc means and why you should never forget it is that when you get out of the shower, what you got to do is you take a big handful of talcum powder and you plant that shit all around your balls and your ass crack it's as simple as that that's exactly why you should never forget the talc it makes you feel good makes you feel sweet um so basically essentially what i'm saying is you take that sweet white powder and you rub it around your junk um and i'm going to repeat that for some of our international listeners as well because we do have a lot of international listeners that have been noticing recently and you're all very, very welcome. In the words of uh, Del Boy Bonjua, and uh, we'll start with, we'll start with the French. This is my French pronunciation, and I'm going to explain what you should do with the talc. Quand vous sortez de la douche, plantez du talc sur coulé. So what that essentially means is, when you get out of the shower, plant some talc on your balls. Um, for the Spanish listeners out there, cuando, cuando, so cuando salgas de la duca, planta un poco de talco en tu bolas. That one, that one's better. I like that. Onto the bolas. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, the Italians, for all our Italian listeners, everyone knows I'm such a big Italian football fan. Cuando uh, esqui da la doccia, piante un po de talco sulle pale. There we go. I think that sounded okay. It's a great accent. Uh, Love that passion. Love that passion. Oh, passion. Latino passion. Yeah, Latin passion, man. And then finally, for our German friends, one of my favorite people, wenn sie aus der Dusche kommen, pflanzen sie etwas Talk auf der Eier. And don't ever put your hand up after you say a statement like that with aggression because you will be arrested. Um so pretty much that's uh, that's that's for all my international listeners and people who've been asking what the meaning behind uh, never forget the talc is, you know, 100 and odd episodes into Dynamo's Dozen, people probably never knew that, but that's exactly what you should do. Plant that shit all over your junk. Hell, you can even plant it under your arms if you want. Don't sniff it unless it's the good stuff. Colombian listeners know what we're talking about. I've already covered you with the Spanish stuff. So, yeah, you can do that if you want. But uh, we don't condone it here on Dynamo's Dozen. <laughs> and today's show is, of course, brought to you by the Dynamo Podcast Network. 
And joining me today is our wonderful sponsor, Wrestling Mania. And I'm joined by Mr. Wrestling Mania himself, the chief, the shopkeeper, Mr. Upper Tier, Mr. Wrestling Mania, Mr. Noel Hogan. And it's been a while since we gave some plugs to Wrestling Mania. And today's show um, has a lot to do with Wrestling Mania as well. So as you can see in the background, we've got a lovely... Beautiful Triple H t-shirt in the back, which is uh, very, very in the vein, very much so in the vein of the uh, the Punisher, which I really like. Um, we've got our boy Brazon, Mr. Finn Balor. Of course, we've got the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And then, Noel, why don't you introduce what the, the furthest uh, shirt on the left is, on the right, depending on where people are. Well, well, being a Liverpool fan, the furthest shirt is the King of Scouse style, which is Zach Gibson's. Uh, first shirt that I picked up a long time ago with an OTT show, absolute legend. And we'll be talking about Zach during this podcast. Um, I, I thought the podcast actually was sponsored by Rosetta Stone. I was very impressed now with that. Uh, that those different languages there. I'm very, very impressed. Did you like that? Yeah, and from passion, from passion to power, and all. Yeah, what an intro! Very, very impressed. Thank you, sir. We tried yeah. to, well, look, nice. here at the Dynamo Podcast Network, we've got a lot of uh, Rosetta Stone. I like that. <laughs> yeah, very good. We've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of new listeners, of course, now, of course, with the Dynamo Podcast Network, both on audio, which a lot of people are listening to on audio. And some people prefer that. And that's cool. We like, uh, I like variation myself. Sometimes I like to listen to a podcast and hear the voice especially when you've got a voice as sexy and deep as your host here right now. Um, some people like to hear that transcend through their their ear holes, you know, rather than seeing, um, you know. And, and, and to be fair, all joking aside, a lot of people are still big fans of radio. I am certainly one. And then we, what we also do is we cross that bridge and, and, and bring the two together. And we, we, we present an, a visual show as well, which is on YouTube, of course. And so people would much rather see the banter that we're having on screen and uh, see that uh, <laughs> see that Rosetta Stone intro. Uh, you can see it as well and see the reactions too. So it's, it's cool, but we do have a lot of different international listeners. And that was a question I was getting from a lot of people was what was the, uh, what, what does the talc mean? So just thought we may as well, may as well inform them. You know, uh, absolutely. What an intro, you know. <laughs> Quendo. <laughs> Quendo. <laughs> I just hear, I, I just hope Manscape get your shit together because if Rosetta Stone slips in there, you ain't going to get a spot on this show. Get on it, Manscape. Telling you, man, I could, I could be reading fucking uh, reading Rosetta Stone story books for people just on on the side here, like you know. So let's let's. Uh, but no, we we do have a good show today. But before we do get into that show, we do want to take care of a little bit of business too, because obviously you are one of the <clears throat> well, the main sponsor, of course, of Dynamo's Dozen and many of the Dynamo Podcast Network shows. And um, even though COVID is in full effect and stopping people from doing anything, including going to funerals and whatnot, you know, the non-important stuff that governments don't want you to uh, see. You, however, are still delivering merchandise to the masses and keeping a lot of people's mind off the dreary, mundane, uh, monotone, boring days that a lot of people have to get through. And uh, you're still open for business, basically. So, Noel, over to you, my friend. 
Yeah, we put um, we put a lot of posts up there on the page there the other day. We've um, a lot of stuff has gone on sale as well, and which of course is on Facebook, by the way, for anybody wrestling. It's on Facebook, yeah. Um, so we've put up a lot of figures. We've put up a lot of shirts, uh, some DVDs, uh, you know, face coverings, all that kind of stuff. It's all up there on the page. So if you need that, and hit us up on the page without a shadow of a doubt, because I can tell you now from being on lockdown myself, there's nothing better. Than hearing that knock on the door in the morning and going down and getting that package and opening that package and seeing that beautiful undisputed error shirt or Finn Balor shirt there staring you in the face. And that's when you know it's going to be a good day. That's when you know it's going to be a good day. So then what you do is you get that shirt on you, pop that hoodie on you. And when you're going out for your pandemic walk, you put your earphones in and you listen to our audio on Anchor. That sets your day up. That's how you start a day. That is exactly how you start a day. You wake up in the morning, you get out of bed, you get your ass out of bed, no matter what, as much, as hard as it is, you get your ass out of bed, you get into the shower, you dry yourself, especially around the ass crack and the balls, and you put that talc on, you get the knock at the door, boom, you got a brand new shirt, you got a brand new flip, flip cap, as all the cool kids call them. I still wear them backwards, as you can see. I haven't, I haven't uh, went, I haven't went to Muslim yet. So just in case people think I'm, uh, I've done that. No, it's a flip cap, and uh, you know, dude, there's so many things you can do, and, and and it is very true. On on a serious note, it is one of the things that are keeping people sane in a lot of ways. I know it has been for me. I mean, the amount of packages that I've got off you over the uh, over the pandemic with like the gaffer on it, you know, and you just, you open it up and it doesn't even matter whether it's a figure or something like that. I still have some of the figures you gave me and they're in that, still in the, in the gaffer brown box waiting until I reorganize my shit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to feel like it's just, it's, it's new again. Do you know what I mean? So it's, uh, there's so many stuff that, uh, that, that you provide obviously at, uh, at WrestleMania as well. I mean, Noel is the man that can get you things. I always call him Red from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> he is the man that can get you things if it's <laughs> if if it's sports orientated, if it's um you know if it's combat sports orientated or if it's pro wrestling orientated in particular. Noel is your man, and um, we do have some merch of our own here now as well. Of course, Noel, why don't you give a cheap little plug there for, as to where people can. Uh, can can uh, send you a beer or send you a coffee if, if people wish to. Yeah, well, it's going to be here soon. It, of course. It, yeah, if you if you want to support the podcast or you just fancy one of our exclusive coffee or tea mugs for these cold days, you head over to buymeacoffee.com mm-hmm. forward slash the upper tier. And everything is listed there. It's so easy. It's just a press of a button and we'll we'll hook you up. The other thing I always say to people as well is a new shirt is only ever a new shirt once. One time. After One that, time. it's no longer a new shirt. Yeah. So enjoy it. We 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 always we're always very thankful for people who place orders with us and support us, especially during these times. And anything we can do to help people out, just hit us up and let us know. It's not a problem. We'll get it sorted out, whatever it is. I love it. I love it. Well, now that the business is taken care of, it's time to get on to the real business of today. And what today's show is all about is NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day, which is getting rave reviews uh, pretty much from all all sides of the globe, to be honest with you. I've I've yet to see um, people say anything bad about it as a whole. So I decided that I was going to take a little old school deep dive 
and um, and go and check it out for myself. This was originally going to be a solo show, but I thought, why not get the right-hand man on here and um, we, we take a look at it together. And we're going to go into it um, match by match and just take a little bit of a look at it and see what stood out, what didn't. Um, we are not... Um, we are not sponsored or employed by WWE in any way, shape or form. So all opinions will be honest. And anyone that knows me over the years knows I will be 100% honest. So I'm not just going to be, uh, you know, licking the ass crack of the Fed just for, for likes and clicks and stuff like that. So this is going to be a very, very honest review. And uh, we're going to jump right into it. First match up, of course, was the first ever a female final of the Dusty Cup, of course, the Dusty Classic, but I call it the Dusty Cup, and it was Dakota Koi and Raquel Gonzalez against Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Now, this, I'm not going to lie, this is my first time seeing some of these women. I've obviously seen, seen Dakota Koi and I've seen Ember Moon. Um, it's my first time seeing Raquel Gonzalez and Shotzi Blackheart. Um I, I have, I suppose you can start off with this now because I have, I have detailed kind of uh, stuff that I wrote down, just bullet points that stood out to me while I was watching the matches and stuff like that, that we'll kind of, we'll touch on as, as we go along. But um, as far as a show opener with it, with it, you know, with a tag team match and the Dusty Classic, it's, it's, a, I thought it was a really cool idea personally. Yeah, I think it's um, you know, I, you know, when you think AEW is starting to get traction and and you know build up, and suddenly you know when WWE come along and NXT and they just drop something like this, it's basically a message saying sit back down, boys, because this is how it's done. Feels that, and way, I just think, it? yeah, yeah, and I just think overall, I mean, I love the way they do those like Dusty Rhodes things, stuff like that. I, I, I'm a huge Dusty Rhodes fan. Me too. Yeah, you and me. Both, um, yeah. You know, and I love that. And also, just a shout out today as well, remembering today, Kerry Von Eric on his anniversary today. You know, good shout out there. You know, yeah, um, absolute superstar. But yeah, with this going back to this match, I, I thought this match was brilliant in terms of you know Dakota and Gonzalez. I mean, they were the favourites right from the outset. But I think in this match, they kind of flipped the script a little bit because you had Chelsea Blackheart and Ember Moon, you know, and, and they, they booked the match in such a way that, like, you could feel that they could win it as well. It wasn't sort of one-sided where it was a given and it kept you captivated in it. I thought yeah. it was a brilliant... I thought it was a brilliant um, match to kick the show off. And I also loved the way they do that uh, that opening segment to the show as well um, with the chap, you know, talking about the different stars of the show. Oh, no, I, I actually, background. sorry, I, I'm, a, I'm remiss without saying this. I wrote, uh, I wrote, literally, this is what I wrote watching this. What the uh, fuck is this rap intro? Triple H, I expect better from you. And that's me as a metal fan. I, I mean, that bored the shit out of me. I didn't, you know... It's like this. It's like oh, but a kind of I. It's Black History Month. We must get a rapper on and do this kind of stuff. And I was just like, it just. I just thought he was he was fucking annoying. He just annoyed me. And look, I appreciate his poetry and all that stuff. That's that that's a given. But uh, you know, I thought that sucked personally. But uh, anyway, no, I, I, I. Uh, yeah, I kind of like those intros because I think what it does is it, it sets the scene in terms of the, the pay-per-view event that like everyone on the event is a big superstar. You, you know, like when you see like a raw intro yeah. and all the boys are on it, it kind of gets you excited because all the boys are superstars and the girls, you know what I mean? The one thing I would stress as well at the moment is 
WWE is absolutely knocking it out of the park at the moment in terms of the women's division. It's incredible. And I know yeah. we touched on it on four Podman episodes yeah. with the rumbles and stuff like yeah. that and all. But it's unbelievable. Like, all these girls at the moment are absolutely... Well, well that's it. We're not going to spend too much time on that on that, that guy. Yeah. I don't know who he is or anything. I, I, I just... Uh, yeah. For me, it's not my cup of tea. Like, I understand. Yeah. You know, some people like that. I just thought it was shit, uh, personally. But anyway, the match certainly wasn't... I. I Straight away, one thing I noticed, um, I really loved the teamwork early on with Moon and Blackheart. I wrote that down straight off the bat. I loved the, t- the back and forth. It was very, very old school in that sense. And there was a lot yeah. of old, there was old school heat in this match. Like there was there was good build up to, to the hot tags for, for, for Gonzalez to come in hot. Like they, they made sure that Gonzalez stayed out as long as possible and came in strong because she she is a whole lot of woman and in a good way you know what i mean she is a a big lady like she, yeah, she's a powerhouse power oh absolutely powerhouse i wrote that and yeah. uh and and ember moon actually good lord she has some nice stiff shots early on in this match i thought the, the shots were stiff yeah. they were snug they looked legit yeah. i thought it was really really good um there was only one critique of this match that i had from my point of view um there was a, there was one particular move where like it looked like she had her one of the girls had a, I think it was Ember Moon had the girl in 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 a DDT position, and she was waiting on the other one to go and run the ropes and come back with the impact. It, it was very long in between that, you know what I mean? And I was kind of yeah. going because it's like the girl in the DDT position saying "fucking come on," do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's the only real critique I had from that match. It's something something very small, something that yeah. probably people didn't even notice. But you probably know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that. I, I I wrote down here. Blackheart is fucking lethal. Her her yeah. fire is really cool. I like that yeah. kind of rocker chick. Anyway, you know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I liked um. She had some good stiff. She actually kind of reminds you of a of a young page in a in a way, and not just because. She dresses yeah. like her. she has that kind yeah. of reminded you a page early on. Did you did yeah. you get that? Yeah, I did. And and funny that you mentioned as well that kind of old school way as well. You know that that kind of you know English style or British style if yeah. you like coming through. Yeah. But yeah. you'll notice as we go down through the matches that old school style was was um present in nearly all the matches. Big team, um, yeah, big team. Yeah, but yeah. but it had also it also had a sort of an up to date feel to the old school if you like. Yeah, very um, much so. Yeah. But do you know what I like as well? I like the way, like, we were talking about Blackheart, the way she comes out. Like, I love that little tank thing and all. I just think it's cool. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think she's you know, dead, those, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it makes it feel like, it makes it feel like it's 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 a big feel show. You know what I mean? You, you know, like a WrestleMania feel show. So they, they make a big deal of it by doing those kind of things. You know, rather than, like, you have, like, you have a tag team thrown together and Amber Moon comes out to her entrance and then, you know, Chelsea comes out to oh, her entrance. No, they pin it together, together and it's yeah. all good. Yeah. Yeah, and I just thought, I just thought it, it made it feel like a big, uh, big feel show rather than, you know, in previous takeovers, it, it wouldn't have that as much sort of glitz and stuff like that, if you like. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool, you know. No, but, I really, really um, liked yeah, it. I, think, I thought it was a good finish to the match as well. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was a really, really inventive, creative finish as well. Obviously, Kai and Gonzalez went over, which I was a little bit disappointed because I, I really got into um, Ember Moon and, and Blackheart. But I have to say it was it was well done because, you know, Blackheart and Moon were kind of 
getting the heat for most of the show. And I thought the way they'd done it with having the crowd on the outside, um, not too dissimilar to the way AEW have had as well. Yeah. Um, but it was it was in closer quarters. And it's, it's in an arena rather than a football stadium. You could really hear the outside. And I liked the way they had the the old kind of ECW kind of um, chain chain link, uh, you know, along the... Along yeah. The, the, the yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, it was cool. But the double pin I thought was fucking very good, uh, Kai and Gonzalez. I thought it was just to assure you were like, right, it, there's a no doubt now. This is this is it. Like, it was yeah. very good opening match. I have to say, I really was impressed. Um, as I said, with, with with the two ladies that I'd never seen before as well. Um, props to them. Um, next up was, of course, for the North American Championship. Before before we start with the North American Championship, uh, Noel, you can you can get your hands on North American Championships, no problem. If anyone's out there looking for a belt and they're, they're thinking of a belt to buy, setting out to all the AEW and the Indies and NJPW, do yourself a favor and try and get yourself a North American Heavyweight Championship. We talked about old school. I mean, I think that's one of the most old school looking belts that there is out there. Would you agree? In terms of being a new belt, like... Yeah, it looks it looks like one of those. Remember those old sort of independent belts that floated around back in the day. Remember the yeah. ones? They looked like it was nearly like <laughs> like a saucer out of your yeah. kitchen stuck on a strap. Yeah, yeah, but really yeah. cool. Is a picture of someone's you granny know, on, on, on there somewhere? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of thing, you know. But it was um, no, they were really um, no, it's really it's a really cool belt. And and again, there's um, there's some great history to it already for um. For a, for such a young title, um, some serious names have held that. You know what I mean. I'm a so, fan, and it used um, to be, you know, it used to be, uh, you know, a pretty well well known title, and not under the WWE brand, but it used to be a title that would float around territories. They would call it North American Championships and stuff like that. So yeah. again, Triple H paying homage to, uh, yeah, you know, to to, to everything that uh, to his predecessors, I suppose. Um, the the yeah. beauty the beauty of it is the beauty of it is that to, to NXT it's basically their equivalent of the Intercontinental Belt. Yes, exactly. and it's really the gate. It's the and it's the gatekeeper belt for it the is. main championship, and it they is. follow through on it, unlike yeah. what they do on the main shows. Yeah, yeah, the way they used to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now yeah. the video package on this was pretty cool because I was unfamiliar with Koshida. Um, obviously I was aware of Johnny Gargano, uh, Johnny watches wrestling. <laughs> I'm going to keep yeah. calling him that. Shout out to you, Fergie. <laughs> uh, no, Johnny watches wrestling. Um, I wrote down straight away beauty belt, but the, the, the video package I thought was, you know, they're really pushing this Kushida guy saying, you know, he was voted, you know, as one of the best, one of the greatest. So I was like, shit, this guy, I hope lives up to expectations. Um. Uh, so they they really put him over like as one of the best on the planet, which I thought, okay, this is this is they're really going overboard here. So they're they're really WWE now have really, especially NXT, they've really got on board with uh, with trying to match, which we see later in the show, trying to match AEW with their pushing of Japanese stars and trying to kind of cover that market. Um. I thought the start was nice. There was a bit of no, there was a nice bit of mat wrestling. To be fair, some of it was a little bit hokey, a bit a bit loose. I thought I like that mat wrestling to be snug and tight personally, but um, no, there was they were trying to create a build which I like, and you can see that that's kind of the narrative of this show actually, that they 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 try and do old school, they they the slow build, 
um, yeah. building into into the high impact stuff, which which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, some of it now in this particular match, this was this was actually I found this was the weakest, well, one of the weaker matches on the card purely because I thought um, it was it, some of it was a bit too choreographed for my liking. You know, it was like yeah. it was too matrixy for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was because um, Kashida um, a lot of the time was going for his finisher and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think he sort of. I think he sort of played that out a bit too much, to be honest. Which, which I, mean? I don't and mind. I don't mind because at the end of the day, like you are in a wrestling match, you're technically it's meant to be a fight, so you are going. You yeah. want to kind of get the match done and dusted. You're a prize fighter. You want to go home. You want to, you, you yeah. know, you want to get out to the hotel bar yeah. and you want to drink like Ric Flair. I get that. Yeah. But some of this was very, very, yeah, it was a little bit too choreographed, and both both wrestlers knew what was coming. I don't use the the language barrier thing as an excuse because look, doing to my kid and uh, <laughs> Tiger Mask done this shit every day. <laughs> you know, wrestling is its own language. But th- th- this is yeah. not a knock. I'm just saying. Uh, I thought a lot of it was too choreographed. I, I, I was about to get into a bit of a uh, into a bit of a frown at one point when I saw the armbar on the outside of the ring because I was like, well. Yeah. What difference does that like? What's the difference with the impact of an armbar outside of the ring versus inside of the ring? I was like, and it, and this is sometimes some of the Japanese logic, the modern day Japanese logic. I was like, this doesn't make this guy a good fucking wrestler because he's doing it on the outside. But um, yeah. but then I but then it was followed by that chicken wing suplex, which I thought, boom, okay, this makes sense to me now, because he's obviously weakened up the arm, and now he's had to do the chicken wing suplex, which looked fucking yeah. phenomenal, by the way. And I thought, right, yeah. that actually makes sense now, because he's done it on the hard ground. He's weakened the arm of Gargano, so now we can get him back into the ring and start softening him up, you know. And I thought, yeah. okay, I'm with that. I like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he got back in to break the count, which I thought was which I thought was cool. Um, they get a they get a slow pace again, which I liked. They they were trying to keep it slow pace, even though you could tell that um, Kushida is just dying to just run around and flip and go mental. Um, yeah, and there was some. This nice... is um, this is this... this is actually a knack that Gar... This is actually a knack that Gargano has brought into his um his repertoire now. It used to be like a million miles an hour, very similar to what we spoke about before yes. with Kenny Omega. Yeah. Now now he brings in those sections where you get a lot of fast paced stuff, and then they slow it back down yes. again to build in. Yes. Like a, you know, yeah. Which I, which I like. He, he, which I like. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, because if you watch if you watch any of his old stuff with Tommaso Ciampa, it's outstanding now, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it, it's good stuff, but it, like a lot of it, you know, it's kind of like he's maturing as a performer down there, which is great. Like and and um, the two of them, like they they have good chemistry there. Like um, one thing I pointed out, um, that bit where Gargano fucks him into the second turnbuckle. Um, you see that bit where he just gets flowing and, and yeah. the camera just happened to be there like there wasn't <laughs> there was no choice for him but to go ahead first into that i kind of was yeah, like yeah. oh shit is there a bit of whiplash there but it was okay um yeah. Yeah. it is a pretty nice match they go to the outside and all that and and gargano um you know was selling the arm during the match um gargano picks up the win obviously to retain the championship i actually thought they might put it on kushida because of how much they were pushing him in the video package but um Gargano done something then that I found to be a no-no at the very end and just basically ruined everything for me. So um, 
His arm miraculously, and I put this in capital so I can stress this across the people listening, both visually and audio. His arm miraculously recovers while he celebrates. Do you notice that? He's standing there like that. And then all of a sudden, two seconds later, the arm is up and he's shouting into the camera. And I'm like, dude, this lad has just crucified your arm. All you should really be concerned about is going back and getting some ice on that. But he had to play to the camera and he's Johnny wrestling and Johnny Gargano and my wife's hot. And I just went, all right, Johnny, you fucking lost me there. But um, yeah, as far as the match went, it was great. But uh, I was just like, no, fuck you, Johnny. You lost me. Yeah, I'm not yeah, rooting yeah, for you yeah. anymore. Yeah, 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 mercy, Lissard. Like, you just. <laughs> the little things, man. Like, it's a very stupid move. Like, you know what I mean? Just keep holding the arm down by your side. You know, watch Christy Brown. Daniel Day Lewis can do it. So can you, Johnny. Um, yeah, it was just. It was, I just thought it was silly because it's like, oh, look at me. I got to get my beautiful face into the camera and look at my arm now. It's suddenly not hurting. All that great work that Kashida put into just breaking this lad's arm, and now he's grand. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so we get on to the next match, which was obviously the the male uh, Dusty Cup final, um, and of course we had many people. Uh, I was told, and you know, in in a little group chat that we have, I was told that I was going to be very impressed with the the grizzled young veterans who were going up against MSK. Um, and I'm aware of the Grizzled Young Veterans anyway, in terms of both of them individually. And I've seen them, you know, I've seen them in different um, different quarters as well, which, you know, you can introduce this because, of course, you have the T-shirt in the back there to, to, uh, to English boys, Liverpool, right? Yeah, well, this was, this was kind of a, an interesting match in terms of, um, you know, MSK have come in and they're on an absolute tear formerly known as the rascals obviously in impact yeah, yeah. they were they, they were they were on a proper tear there you know what i mean and then you had them up against their style up against the grizzled young veterans which is if anyone knows anything it's harsh world of sport type of horribleness and wrestling if you like you know what i mean zach gibson is just outstanding on the mic and as a wrestler and as a heel. The, the just... promo that they walk out to was just perfect. Say, like, you guys are in for a world of hurt. Like, you know, you're basically saying, they're yeah. basically taking the Jim Cornette narrative and possibly even the Dynamo na- narrative of, like, you know, we're old school and you're a fucking, you know, you're you're about to learn. Yeah. I thought it was actually very good. Yeah. yeah. But I but I love the way they use those things. Like you know, you know the way the match goes where they're cutting off the ring. You know, this old school way. Like, yes. like, like if you want to look at if you want to look at tag team wrestling and we talk about the uh, beauty can I say of the one art thing? I wrote just to verify what you've said, that's actually funny that you said that. I wrote actually um grizzled young veterans, great teamwork. Again, teamwork. Swapping, yeah. swapping, yeah. you know, it's like it's like night watch, you know what I mean? It's like um it's basically yeah. right. It's the night's watch. It's your turn now, right? In but, but they get they, they they get it. They get yeah, it. Yeah, they get it in, they get in it. a nutshell, kept, you know. And they kept going to holes, Noel. They kept yeah. going to yeah. holes. Keep the man in the center of the ring. He can't do anything. We'll keep him at a vertical base, and boom, he can't get to his tag partner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I I like the way as well they use that sort of you know that dirty old school way of wrestling you know oh, what I mean? they, yeah. they use nasty that, knacker you know, knacker yeah, bar, 
bar, it's it's bar brawl type stuff, really. You know what I mean? Real old skill bar brawl type stuff. And it was an interesting contrast as well in this match because remember, the Grizzled Young veterans now. I think, as far as I know, that's their second year in the final, and that's twice they haven't got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you would have thought this year. Maybe this year they were due to rub of the green, you know what I mean? But MSK on such a tear at the moment, it'd be hard to hard to pick between the two. But it was a very interesting uh, contrast between both teams. I mean, you had MSK doing all their crazy stuff that they did. did I, I, did, had- I did write that down. The problem I had with MSK, like for me to get fully behind them, was that I wrote down that they had too many finishers, and I put that in brackets, that are just used as generic moves. You know what I mean? Like the two boys are yeah. working and I understand they're working so that the, the young flash tag team come back with some nice stuff, but there's too many finishers. Like I saw one lad jump on the top rope at, into a cutter, you know, into a diamond cutter. And you're going, I mean, this is, this is a finisher just in a, in a standing position. And they're basically just shitting on the cutter as a finisher by saying, well, you know what? I can jump up in the air like a fucking jumping fucking whatever to whatever you want to call like a cat and i can get you into a cutter from here and it's still not going to beat you so it's kind of like but then again i suppose you're looking at these guys you could say that they're middleweights and obviously the impact isn't going to be as big as someone like a randy orton giving you a cutter because he's 260 pounds but at the end of the day you're landing on a man's shoulder. It doesn't really fucking matter. Like, you know, your chin is going on to shoulder. And in fact, I would dare say that I'd rather take, if it was a legitimate uh, diamond cutter, I'd rather take it from Diamond Dallas Page or Randy Orton than take it from that crazy black lad that's just jumped up 20 feet in the air and then give me a cutter. That's going to be more impactful. So again, too many of those finishers used as generic moves is what I wrote. And and you, I know you're in agreement with me here. Like we see too many, uh, we see too many DDTs used as just moves in between, you know, to get to the next, to get to the next stage of the match, which I, I don't like. And, and I mean, this MSK group, don't get me wrong, they did impress me. I like they fire up nicely. Do you know what I mean? They do. They they bring fire and they're they're exciting to watch. I just think little things like that, um, kind of what's. Uh, it probably do bother me as a fan. I don't like people just using moves just because you put a bit of a jump on it. You know, it's 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 just little things like that. I thought there was too much of that personally. Yeah, I think it's just. I suppose what happens. Yeah, but I, I suppose when you look at it, like I mean, the two boys are coming in and it's it's a brawling type style. I mean. Like if you look at Zach Gibson, Zach Gibson is every bit Stone Cold Steve Austin in the way he kind of works with that brawling loose type of style. Oh, you know very I mean? much. It is, yeah, and, very, very much so. Yeah. And then the boys, the boys again, obviously using a number of finishing moves quite loosely within a match, and um, brings a certain kind of style to it. Um, but it's just that's what I meant when I was talking about contrasting styles. You know what I mean? Like I, I looked at this match and I was thinking, how is this match gonna mesh together? But I thought it really meshed together well in terms of, you know, the frustration coming out on the behalf of the, the grizzled young veterans. That kind of frustration and kind of dealing, trying to deal with the boys is really what cost them the match. And that was and the they sold it well, the too. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, it good, no, absolutely. It was, good, I mean. it was a good build up to the finish, though, I thought. I definitely thought it was a great build up to the finish. And I wasn't yeah. I wasn't like unhappy that MSK won it around. I thought it was cool. Um it was it was a nice match to be honest with you. I did like it. 
Um, the next match, now the women's match, this is probably the weakest match on the card. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie, should I say. I'm not going to say anything derogatory about it um, because I thought Tony Storm was pretty good. I thought Mercedes uh, Martinez was pretty good. But then I'm, I'm, I'm literally, you know, getting a video package in front of me. And again, it's my first experience with this uh, girl, Io Shiroi, on NXT. And I'm, I'm going... Right, so this this girl's obviously up there. You know what I mean? This is the Okada of the female division. Um, now the girls were working hard. Now look, I will say one thing just to just to preface this. <laughs> I know from experience a triple threat match, a, a triple three way dance, whatever you want to call it, is one of the most difficult matches to put together. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's usually a clusterfuck, and it ends up with two girls in the ring working well, someone selling on the outside, and then they have to come in and remember a different spot and whatnot. So. I get that. The girls did work hard. They really, really are hard. I, 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 I wrote down here and, you know, I can't wait for the abuse to come at me, but, you know, bring it if you want. I wrote, Shiroi was just another high spot monkey, is what I wrote. Um, because it was all about what she could jump off and how she could do flips and, and make it look aesthetically good. Oh, she done a 619. Oh, she jumped off she does what Jeff Hardy does. She does what Tiger Mask does. She does, you know, just 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 generic stuff. I actually found that I uh, I was more interested in what Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez were doing. I thought they looked pretty good. What about you? Yeah, when I looked at the match, normally when I look at these um, triple trap matches, normally what I find is that the champion tends to be the focal point in the match. And that's the person that works both the other people in terms of both of those people should be chasing the champion to win the belt. Yes. And that the champion tends to be the focal point, but I found in this match that Martinez was the one who controlled the match from both sides. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a little bit strange. Obviously they want to pump her up there as well, because obviously the two girls are chasing Shiroi for the belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I thought, um, I, I thought the resilience of Tony Storm in the match I thought boded well for her. And I thought she came out of the match looking, you know, Me I think too. her stock rose Me too, in the yeah. match. Yeah. Um, I, think so I would agree with you in terms of, I would agree with you in terms of Shiroi. Um, actually not this similar to the tag match we just spoke about where you had a lot of high flying coming yeah. back in to kind of, you know, sell that kind of side of it. And then you Tony Storm doing her thing, which is again, a kind of a Britishy style type of thing, you know what I mean? So it was again the whole thing through this whole card is a contrast of styles. Um, and what you're into, yeah, I, I agree. Suppose. And what you're into, yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I, I kind of um, I was very impressed with Martinez as well in terms of her being the focal point of the match, and she yeah. was kind of controlling the match back and forward, which was very impressive. And she obviously has um, more experience thought... as well as as Bet Phoenix was kind of. Oh, by the way, I just want to give a shout out to the commentary on this show like it's best commentary team in wrestling without a shadow of a doubt yeah just personally i thought the way they tell the stories beth phoenix is fucking stellar isn't she uh at her yeah Um, yeah she's she's really after shining into that role really you know what i mean and wade barrett i mean he's he's phenomenal i mean wade barrett's a great talent anyway um, and he, he, you know, he done a great job coming in, filling in for Jim Cornette when he had to, because who was going to fill Jim Cornette's shoes? Funny enough, yeah. Wade Barrett was able to do it. So, um. yeah. and and the thing about it, when we talk about the contrast of styles down through the card, we had the contrast of style in the commentary position as well. 
which was yes. fantastic. Yes. Because you had Beth Phoenix there and you had Wade Barrett giving that harsh British kind of, you know, yeah. like uh, like Nigel McGuinness type thing, you yes. know, and it came across really well, you know. I love Beth Phoenix's commentary on the matches because she really gets you. Her commentary makes you invest in the women's matches and stuff like that, you know. Definitely. And again, it's like I said before, you know, she presents them as bona fide superstars and they are bona fide superstars. I'd agree. I'd um, agree. So that was that was really my take on the match, really. Um, you know, again, it's a match that kind of, you know, at the end of it, I just felt, you know, the three girls were there and it looked like it was still unfinished business. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went again, maybe with a different result coming into WrestleMania weekend or something like that. Yeah, I wrote after that, Storm and Martinez worked really hard. I wrote that. Um, didn't like the match, is what I wrote. Um, and that was purely because I think... I think, and this isn't a knock on, on, on Shiroi. I just, I didn't like her work in the match versus the other two girls. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And obviously Shiroi, they want to keep her strong. So she wins the match. The next bit is just fucking crazy. And I wrote, what the fuck? Like Eli Drake, someone that's one of all of our favorites. Uh, one, of, one of the most standout um, personalities that's been on, on NWA power and whatnot. He comes in as fucking L.A. Knight. I just literally wrote, what the fuck? Like, it's it's this stupid WWE thing that nobody knows. Oh, here's a guy that's pretty much getting over constantly down there, but let's change his name. You know what? Hunter, don't call him Eli. L.A. Knight. That's that's where the money is. What the this, fuck? This this is behind <laughs> this this is behind the curtain ring of honor 2006. What so are we gonna call this guy? Get out there, you're Joey O'Connor. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> you know? Like, uh, hey, hey, shout out to Simon Rochford, you're Danger Doyle. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah, yours truly, yours truly, Ian the Dynamo Kelly was told by a promoter in Ireland that his new name was gonna be Danger Doyle. And I said, fuck that shit. So, uh, yeah. Where's my gear bag? <laughs> yeah. just got, like, got a t-shirt and had Dynamo on the back. Yeah, you're not calling me that. So, like, L.A. Knight, and he's going, L.A. Knight. And you can tell, like, he's got he's got the Eli Drake promo down. I mean, this guy is, like, the second coming of The Rock when you give him the, when you give him the mic, in my opinion. And I know you, you were with yeah. me on that. This guy yep. is like this guy is up there with the rock because he's a big rock mark anyway. But when it comes to promos, this guy is going to be absolutely golden and people will enjoy it. And I'm sure people will get used to the name LA Knight. But for me, good lord, well, you know, when this is my first because I'm watching this and I'm like, this is a treat for me. I'm a fan of this guy. And I'm like, shit, Eli Drake is Eli Drake has put pen to paper. This is awesome. And I'm sure it was it was the first time you had seen it too, right? <laughs> LA yeah. fucking night. I was like, sorry, I need to go back and listen to that and make sure that my ears didn't deceive me. Did they just say LA fucking night? Like, is this David Hasselhoff? Like, you know, as Night Rider, what's the story? No, my ears didn't deceive me. LA night. And I, I all I'll say for, for Triple H, I hope Triple H didn't do that as an homage to his father in law and that it was actually Vince that we can blame on this because if we can't blame Vince on this. Hunter, you've lost the plot because you had the rap lad at the start of the show and now you've got Eli Drake as LA Knight. 
But you know what? You know what happens? You know what happens with these things? These things, these things, when they first spawn out, seem like the weirdest things. Oh, ever. look, you know, look, I'm probably going to be invested. This. Yeah, I'll probably be, yeah. I'll probably get an LA Knight t-shirt next fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, in, you know, in six months time, you're going to be rocking an LA Knight t-shirt and hoodie. You know, there's no doubt about it. By the way, get your pre-orders in right now to WrestleMania. Go on Facebook. <laughs> Noel's already got the LA Knight t-shirts on fucking order. They're grand. It's going to be good. Um, I'm going to be hanging them right beside the Danger Doyle ones. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, you know, don't buy the Danger Doyle ones because I won't actually get any royalties from that. <laughs> it can be guaranteed. <laughs> Please don't buy them ones. Um, right, it's main event time. And uh, this is obviously the match that uh, the match heard around the world, basically. Um, something that is still talked about across social media. We're talking about two phenomenal wrestlers, but one that you know Edge himself said is literally in a league of his own at the moment, and it's for the NXT Championship. Of course, it is Finn Balor and, and Pete Dunne. I will say, I thought it was a great video package. Actually, Noel reminded me of '97, '98 era uh, WWE. Actually, more so than say when The Rock and Stone Cold. It reminded me more of like um, Michaels and Brett, Austin and Rock early on. Did you get that vibe or? Yeah, this is this is one of these moments in time. Um, this is wrestling 101. Yeah. And if anyone out there wants to be a wrestler, study and watch every second of this match. This is one of these moments where you get two competitors together who are outstanding wrestlers, outstanding psychology, and outstanding care to promote each other. And I just thought when all those things come together in a match, this is this is why we watch wrestling. This is yeah. why you hear people out there complaining all the time about Raw and SmackDown and all these other things. This match is why we watch wrestling and why we are wrestling fans. Yeah. Um, and every so often this match comes along. They called it after the match a contender for match of the year. Everyone else needs to go home. This is match of the year. Forget about it. If this doesn't take the slammy for match of the year, then it's it's a travesty. There's no doubt about it. Nothing is going to come along the better this. I'd agree. Um, to set the premise as well, I thought WWE done a great job. They actually went old school with this where they had that old, remember the old uh, thing that used to, people used to think it was Bret Hart's music about the start where it was like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. And it shows obviously Pete Dunne Pete coming out with the two boys and they're like, you got this, you got this, join us with the gold, join us with the gold, blah, blah, blah. And he comes out and he gets his entrance and then Balor comes out on his own, obviously gets the entrance. Um, thought it was just a great, it was just very big fight feel, basically. Very big fight feel to this. Yeah. And um, yeah, I suppose in terms of how we can attack this, like I can look at, um, I'll tell you what I do. I, I have three, three pages of notes here, like in, in terms of this match. Like, as I said, I love the entrance. Um, I love the confidence on the two guys' faces. That's something that really stood out to me. They both looked like stars. You know, Pete Dunne had that gnarly kind of face that he does and looked like he was fucking ready to go. Yeah. Um, do, you know what, do you know what I really do you know what I really liked even before the match? I liked the way during the pay-per-view it showed the two showed boys arriving up. at the build. No, it showed them arriving at the build. Remember yeah. earlier in the paper? And then it showed yeah. them taping up the wrists as well, which I thought, yeah, again, yeah. Old, oh, big fight yeah. feel. Very simple yeah. little things that can just, you know, yeah. Really get you excited yeah. for what's to come. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Thought the match uh, match started out absolutely brilliant. It was nice, nice. I mean, this is this is just awesome. This is this is Ireland. I mean, this is UK style wrestling. Let's be real. Um, you're talking about the the guy that realistically brought you know pro wrestling to Ireland and created what we have now um, in in Finn Balor. Uh, versus a young Pete Dunne who's only fucking 28 years old, 27 years old. How 27, that, yeah. Yeah, 27. how does that even happen? So, like, I mean, yeah. so you're looking at, you know, two guys that literally, you know, are at the, at, at the tippy top of, of, of the industry in terms of how they work in the ring. Um, I loved the Matt and Shane wrestling, but in particular, I loved the jostling for position. So it wasn't just Matt and Shane wrestling. It wasn't just going down in a, in a headlock takedown and lying there for five minutes. It was actually, they were jostling for the upper hand. And I really wrote that in capitals because, you know, for anyone that hasn't seen the match or anyone that has seen the match, go back and watch that again. It's all, everything is with a purpose. Um, and I wrote under that UK style. <laughs> that tells you exactly where, yeah. where my mind is at watching this yeah. match, right? UK yeah. style. And then Wade Barrett, as I'm thinking this, comes in with the comment, this is the age-old England versus Ireland. And I thought, that you know what? Brilliant. Fair play Brilliant. to Wade Barrett. Brilliant. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he doesn't take, uh, you know, he doesn't pledge allegiance to the UK and kind of this Ireland and this. No, he's kind of saying, like, this is an age-old battle between England versus Ireland. Some of the biggest... You could... You know, yeah, you could you could see you could imagine after the match backstage, Wade Barrett and William Regal together with the two boys smiling, going, "Boys, you knocked it out of the park. We're oh, so happy!" Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, this is this is just yeah. uh, uh, the, yeah. the commentary on this one is just fucking phenomenal from all three. Uh, it's really really phenomenal. Um, yeah. I like I wrote down here Pete Dunne slow and methodical the way he's trying to get the hands. He's looking for ways to get the hand so he can break a fucking finger or a limb. Can I just say, I wrote this down as well, and I put two ticks beside these things as well, because as, as anyone can see, these are the kind of notes I make. Old school, I don't write them on a laptop while I'm not looking at the match. I write this shit as I fucking see it. Um, and I've watched it twice. I watch it once to write these things, and I watch it second time so I can see it. Um, properly, it's it's the only it's the only organic way to do a review. Absolutely, absolutely. Baller yeah. selling. Good lord! Every time, like when he was getting a limb, his body moves the way, and the facials are telling exactly the exact type pain you'll be going through if somebody's trying to basically break your fucking finger. Um, yeah. I wrote here, wow. And I put three exclamation marks. Balor in a leg lock for a few minutes and Pete Dunne going for the ear, neck and jaw. Do you remember that? Balor had him in the leg lock and you could see him behind him and he's like trying to grab the ear. Yeah. And Balor's like, and at one point Balor goes, ding, ding. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's working. That's what working is. Do you know, this yeah. isn't, this isn't yeah. Kenny Omega going like, da, 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 finger pointing. Oh, jazz hands. Let's fucking run around the road. You know, like, Fuck off. No, this 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 is if a guy outside of wrestling had you in a leg lock for and you were you know you were trying to survive, you would be trying to grab him by his ears and his chin and his face and anything you could get at. This is yeah. old school British brawling at its finest. This is uh, this meshed is just, together yeah. with an art. You this know what this, I mean? this gets me excited. Um and I'm and, and one thing in particular as well, that slow build builds up to the physical strikes then. 
then you know when they're when they're done with all that kind of British stuff, that's when the strikes come in. You know, whether it be chops and the chops were always stiff when when Finn Balor's in town, there's always uh, stiff chops, and then the other lad always comes back with a few stiff ones because he's probably getting frustrated. Yeah. I've been on the receiving end yeah. of those chops, so I know exactly how they feel. They don't feel nice. I walked around with Finn Balor's handprint on my stomach for a week, and that's a fact. <laughs> so they're not good. So you can see Pete Dunne coming out with those chops back, and he's doing the, the front yeah. ones. Um, yeah. I wrote down something here, which I actually I, I encourage and I implore people to go back and look at this. When Finn Balor actually gets his, when he gets his comebacks and when he's actually, you know, working in the ring, is there anybody more aggressive than him? I believe that he's the best in the business in aggression. You know, like when you see those facial expressions and he's, he's in, when he's driving those moves home, Someone actually said to me on Facebook yesterday, which I thought was actually very ironic considering I'm a fan of the other guy, that they remind him of a modern-day Bret Hart in a lot of ways, in the sense that his his actual moves are, like, never hits a bum move, but his facials and his selling match his aggressive comeback. And I think Devitt is even... I even think Balor's on a, on a level above uh, Bret Hart in the sense of his facials in his aggression. And I don't know whether people get what I mean. So if I, I'll try and articulate it in a better way. Go back and watch it. When you watch uh, Finn Balor um, get his comeback or when he's getting the upper hand on someone, it's not just moves for the sake of it. He's got this face that like he really wants to hurt this guy. And he does it with a purpose and everything is driven. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. safe as houses. Yeah. And that's what I mean by the by the Bret Hart kind of. Um, um, yeah. Do, does that make sense to you? Yeah, you're, you're coming. You know, not dissimilar to a Dynamite Kid, or not dissimilar either to a Chris Benoit in terms of that aggression. Yes. That's brought into the ring. You know, like you remember when Benoit used to work. You know, even when he was throwing a headlock on you, you still thought he was going to rip your head off, even yeah. with a headlock. You know yeah. what I mean? And he sunk it in there, and it was like every. You know, every ounce of his body was behind that headlock. You know what I mean? The way the way I sort of discussed it was, I thought that both performers, in terms of targeting body parts and the way they worked, there was a logic to the narrative around yes, the whole match. Yes, and that's that's the way I sort of summed it up, really. You know what I mean? But he, I think he uh, is certainly. I think didn't didn't uh, Jim Cornette say a while back? He's like dynamite kid without the bullshit. Now that's his opinion. I don't. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 that real. Like, remember when Benoit had that real aggression in the ring? You know, where like he looked like he was in there to really, you know, put you to bed. Like, you know, even even with any of the simpler moves, you know, there was like a total aggression running through him. Um, and yeah. you, you could, as you said, you could see it in the way you could see it even in the way Baller, you know, the way Bokers, the way they arched their bodies and the way their body positions. They do it in a way that wouldn't be normally natural to a wrestling match unless that aggression was there to sell it. Exactly. And and it's like, you know, I, just, I just found any move that Balor does, when he gets you down and he pulls you into that one and it kind of drops you down. I'm not, you know, a man for names of moves. I was when I was when I was a kid, but yeah. um, I, I generally know what way the body's meant to go with the moves. You know, like if, if it was called in the ring, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I'm taking a bump here. Um, yeah. But like, there's no wasted motions with Finn Balor. 
no wasted motions no. or no wasted movement. There's no time wasting where he doesn't know what to do. And, and, and one of the things that I pointed out on this actually proves that you'll actually see to a lot of people, they may have thought that this was on purpose, but you can see that uh, Pete Dunn goes for that backflip off the rope and falls back and he failed it. You know, that some smart marks would call that a botch. Yeah, essentially, it, it's, it, but it's just, it's something that can happen with sweat. Straight away, did you notice Balor goes to the knee and covers it up? Boom. That is just working. Straight away, he went, right, I'm going to sell, because obviously he was working on the knee during the match. So, boom, he goes to the knee. Pete Dunne has his wherewithal to go, thank you fucking for that. And he goes back to selling the knee. Um, both men were selling really well, I thought, actually. Balor in particular, as we said, his, his selling ability in the ring, you know, bell to bell is just ridiculous. But I wrote down here, Balor's fire is second to none. His fire up when his comeback... It's it's like you said. It's very it's very Benoit. It's very dynamite kid. It's very even Kurt Angle to an extent when he used to take the straps off. But yeah. he doesn't need to have that kind of camera moment where he does you know his necks bulging out. It's just it's it's all done within. Again, it goes back to the no wasted motions. Do you know what I mean? It's done yeah. in a very realistic way. I think as if he was in a fight on the street, yeah. like you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, both guys, both guys portray in the match, they portray a kind of like, even, you know, a third way through the match or halfway through the match, they both look proper beat up. Yes. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I I think that's very evident there, which I really like, you know, but there's not a single, when these two boys are in the ring, I mean, when you look at that match the other night, there's not a single moment wasted. And I noticed as well, even when they have each other in certain holes and they're escaping from those holes, a lot of guys would do those, you know, those leap ups and that stare down type of stuff. These boys take their time getting out of the holes. They don't, you know, when when you put like a, a head scissors on someone, they don't, they don't come out of it straight away. They let it sit in there it goes, and let it, it goes, settle it, with the fans. It goes back to that one that we were talking about earlier. It was nearly yeah. about, I counted about nearly three minutes and Pete Dunn is literally trying to yeah. grab an ear. He's yeah. trying to grab a neck. He's trying to grab, yeah. he was literally just short of like trying to scrape his back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, I point. just think when, yeah, but when, when you get, when you get two wrestlers, as I said earlier in the ring, they're at the top of their game, both in terms of, their wrestling prowess and also their psychology and also that burning desire to promote each other so bad. You know what I mean? Um, you just get, this is what you get. You, you get the beauty of the art of the, of the, of the business really, you know what I mean? And That's it's just, it. I'd love, like to this, I'd love to show this to, 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 to like a newbie, you know what I mean? And say, this is, this yeah. is why, I mean, I wrote down here, like I wrote down uh, Pete Dunne's time and, um, on, on his technique is amazing because remember when Balor comes off the top rope he catches him his, his yeah. timing is absolutely phenomenal um, yeah. I wrote oh yeah I wrote I had to write this down uh, Balor's when he got him in the abdominal stretch and then yeah. he dropped down in the abdominal yeah. stretch that's the first time I've ever seen that yeah. probably the first time you've ever seen it too I've never yeah, seen yeah. things like that you know yeah. I, always, I listen to veterans and they talk about you know things that they've never seen before you know, that's what they're looking for in matches. I never thought of that. Like an abdominal stretch, he has it on him because that was his way of getting out of that situation. And then he brings it back to the mat. Again, mm. it's like in football terms, you know, when there's too much skyball going on. 
take it down on the chest, bring it back. Everything is yeah. calm. And uh, that's yeah. exactly, I, I wrote that down. I thought that was brilliant. I thought the finish was fucking just phenomenal. Um, yeah. and, and the thing about it was, it wasn't one of those kind of near, there wasn't none of this kind of New Japan stuff where like the Dave Meltzer kind of, flip out kind of stuff where there's a million false finishes or anything like that. No. Balor gets the upper hand, finishes it, gets the coup de gras, and then boom, 1916, it's game over. And uh, I think it really establishes Balor's position. So he finishes strong. He's like he's ready for that main main level again. I mean if Vince isn't looking at that saying this guy's a star. You know, and, and not just a, not just an intercontinental star. This is a like a universal world champion star. And I think I think Beth Phoenix and Edge are definitely probably looking at that and going, yeah, get this guy up here. Um, yeah. And then it really establishes um, Pete as well. It really does. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean both both are stock roles in this match phenomenally. Yeah. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. you know what? I, you know what? I, you know what I really loved, even on the comeback where he was trying to finish the match, he was selling the fingers nearly being broke with the way he was cupping the hands. Yes. And he, he kept that all the way even. And if you notice about it, even when he came up off the pin, he was in the camera like this with the hands clenched as if the fingers were broke. Again, and the hands were in note, absolute agony, note to you know? Johnny Gargano. That's why Finn Balor's here and you're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just little just, uh, things like that matter, though, Noel. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah, when he yeah. was holding the belt at the end of the match, you see the way he had it strapped on and the hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought the psychology in this match was second to none. Uh, this this is definitely... I've said this a couple of times throughout this podcast, and, and, and I'm glad to say this is the best wrestling match I've seen in the last few years without a shadow of a doubt. I don't know whether you agree or not, but it's 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 it, it it's it's definitely up there. But NXT it's the best pro wrestling match I've seen. Yeah, a, a, NXT, you know, has a great tradition of producing these absolute insane matches, and um, by getting the blend right, they've done it now over the years, nearly in the history of NXT. Would you say the only thing? Matches. Would you say the only thing that could compare to it still would be Dusty and Cody? Um, in terms of, I, I don't I, know. I, mean, I know there are different stories being told here, completely different stories being told. But at the same time, yeah, when I look for pro wrestling, these are t- if you put these two matches beside me and go watch them, I go, my faith in professional wrestling will never die because yeah. of this. The, the, only, the only thing I would say to you is, in, in, in fairness, in the difference is, you know. You're talking about Dustin and Cody, you know, I regard as two veterans of it. You know, you're not going to get a bad match out of those guys. And when you throw that nostalgia effect in there and the family thing and the, the, the brutality of the match and stuff like that was phenomenal. What I would remind people again, and we've been very fortunate in it. We've gone to a lot of wrestling shows in this country. We've seen Pete done nearly from the beginning and we've seen Pete done spawn into this absolute machine of a superstar. Yeah. And we knew he was a superstar. Years ago, we knew he was a yeah, superstar. Yeah, he was just yeah, a phenomenal yeah. wrestler, phenomenal athlete. But what I would say to people as well is, he's twenty-seven. It's, it's imagine the scary. Pe- it's scary. It's, imagine, like, I mean, imagine the like Balor is a veteran. Fair, Balor is yeah. a veteran at this point. You know, he's nearly yeah. forty. Yeah. But like, yeah. this is this is a forty-year-old versus like a lad thirteen years is is younger. Like, you know what I mean? 
But this 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 is a this is a lad. Like if you think about Finn Balor, he, he's had the benefit and the hard work, obviously, of spending so much time in New Japan and honing his craft and doing all those things. And in the this gym, and in the gym, hence why he doesn't look forty. <laughs> Everywhere, it's and, fucking and ridiculous, then, isn't it? Then you look at Pete Dunne, who has had to go out there and work his ass off in the indie circuit, up and down the length and breadth of the UK and Europe to become the worker that he is. Um, and it hasn't been, people shouldn't get this dismissed either. This hasn't been an easy road for Pete Dunne. He's had a tough road to this. Well, it's you know been, I mean? it's, He's it's not his socks off. Not been an easy road for either no. boy, because, I mean, you, you look yeah. at someone like Balor who was stuck on the UK circuit at a time when yeah. the UK circuit was pretty much dead yeah. in terms of, not dead in terms yeah. of the talent. Listen, there's, there's always been talent over there, but... Um, going between Germany and you know going between Europe and 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 and, and the UK in particular, basing himself there, yeah. and then yeah. literally having to go over to the United States and give up absolutely everything. You know, no yeah. no WWE contract. Don't forget that Balor yeah. didn't get that rub of the cream where he got a UK yeah. contract or an NXT UK contract. He had to go over um, and yeah. get an invite to the LA New Japan Dojo. Yeah, and uh, then go to Japan, give up everything, and learn everything in Japan, and um, what you're seeing now. So and took on boys, that old, took on, took on that old school apprenticeship. Absolutely, to work his way up in absolutely. New Japan. Absolutely, you know you what know? I mean. And then went to he and took on that apprenticeship once again after being a fucking star in New Japan, and basically yeah. went to yeah. NXT and was filmed sweeping fucking sweeping the floors after NXT. Yeah, yeah. You NXT events, so again, like these two boys come from the same kind of stock. Um, the psychology in this match, I thought, was second to none. Um, yeah, if you were going to tell me my favorite two matches of the last three four years, I would be definitely saying Dustin, Cody, and then this match. I think, um, and, and pretty yeah. much you could probably take a pick of Balor's last five six matches. Um, to be fair, um, he, he is the hottest, uh. He's on the hottest streak of any pro wrestler on the planet right now, match for match. Um, and I thought the end of the show with the Undisputed Era coming out to help. Um, and then Adam Cole super kicking. That that turn, I thought, was absolutely awesome. And I wrote in big brackets, just, just so the fans know that I care as well and that I listen to the fans as well. I wrote, Vince, are you watching? Um, because the old man has to be watching that and going shit that's 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 just that's that's uh i mean it has to like they can't keep Balor down there forever right because he can't just keep holding that candle forever these young guys up and coming are are basically ready for that nxt title and Balor is not ready to be demoted below that where he's chasing the title so Balor's next step isn't mid-car WWE again. It's got to be at the tippy top, right? When, when you think about it, what a trade it must be for that, that pool of talent down there to be around that guy every day. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I'd say you know so. what I mean? Yeah. It must be phenomenal, you know what I mean? But the, yeah. the one thing, you know, the one thing when you when you look at this, it's, it's an advertisement to say that if you go up onto the main roster and things don't necessarily go your way or work out, be humble and go back. 
There's nothing wrong with going down to rediscover your roots again, to build yourself back up again. A lot of those guys, when that happens, they blow off the indie federations or they get out of the business and they go, this is it. That's this guy, you know, he's just a phenomenal wrestler, a phenomenal human being. Yeah. And, you know, and we, and we can say that personally as well. Like, you know, like what you see is what you get. Like, yeah. I mean, if, if there was ever, if there was ever a match that showed how much, a guy at the top of his game cared about his opponent so much. This is it. I mean, if wrestling gyms were open at the moment worldwide, this match would have been played in every wrestling training gym on Monday at, at wrestling class. And people would have been told, this is the art of wrestling. And what I would say is that all those gym owners that you pretty much know what you're doing anyway, and you don't need me to tell you, but put that match on ice and take a rain check and, and make sure that you do show students that are coming in new and old that match, because um, I'd agree with you, Noel, you're hundred percent spot on uh, what you said there. It's, it's, it's a measure of the man. This is like, you know, Finn Balor and the man behind the mask, Fergal Devitt, like this isn't a, like just a normal human being. He's a different, he's a different animal. You know, um, we're lucky enough to, you know, know him very well. I'm lucky enough to call him trainer. You're lucky enough to call him friend, like myself. And it's, we know, uh, we know, we know both boys very well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and so. Pete, Pete's a great guy too, and 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 that's the thing. And and you know, Pete is going to grow up into into being that kind of guy that 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 Fergal is as well. Um, just when you see when you see the you know, like you mentioned. Fergal didn't go and took his tail between his legs and go, oh, I'm going to go and complain about it on Twitter or, or, or on social media, or I'm going to do a shoot interview. And, you know, he could have went down and probably doubled, tripled his money down, uh, down south of Florida where he is. It's not exactly a million miles away from him. You know, he lives in Florida, happily, happily married man now. Could have went down to, uh, you know, down to, uh, what, what, are, what are they called? The Panthers? No, not the Panthers. Uh, Jaguars. Um, Jaguars. Still Jaguars. Could have went down yeah. to Jacksonville and, um, you know, got that big money down there. And basically, yeah, that would have been it. That would have been the easy road. No disrespect to the people that have gone there. I'm just saying that would have been the easy well, road after well, getting demoted because you were the first ever undisputed champion. You weren't given the fair shake when you come back because you had this unfair label of being injury prone. But no, what does he do? He goes back to NXT, reinvents himself, and good lord, like you said, Noel, di- di- different mindset, different mindset. Well, if if any if anyone knows that man, they would know that his his number one key trait is loyalty. Yep, loyalty just oozes out of that man. Out That's of a fact. That's know, a fact. Out of every part of his body yeah. and if, if that man can do anything for you he will do it for you there's no yeah. doubt about it yeah. um and it, and it and it's shown true in this match because you can see i mean pete Dunne's stock has just skyrocketed like Haley's comet to the moon yeah. and um and it, it must be you know it must it must be great like because you can imagine like you know baller at a raw or smackdown knocking a triple h's office and going h come here for a minute this around here at the moment is not for me. I need to go back down there and I need to reestablish myself before I come back up here again and take my universal belt back and make yeah. that situation right again. And we spoke about it on a, a Podman show as well, that yeah. things always go full circle eventually. But boy, is this, um, you know, this is, this is, um, 
you know, as I said, that's it's, it's, it's exciting to be a part of it in the here and now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it is for us because we're so passionate about it as well in terms of we want these guys to be superstars and do well and earn truckloads of cash and be successful. And you know what I mean? So when you see even a match like this booked like this and you see the video packages, they bring a smile to our faces straight away because we have a different level of investment in it because we have, you know, friends and associates and guys that we've seen grow up in the business who we know the hard work that they've put in and they're fulfilling that potential and it's just it's phenomenal to watch it's an amazing thing and it's an amazing thing you know sometimes sometimes you can get as much pleasure out of seeing somebody that has uh, that has changed your life or been successful you know has touched you in some way shape or form you can get as much pleasure out of watching them succeed um as you would yeah. yourself do you know what i mean and i think that's that's one of the good human traits that that uh, that people have, and uh, it's 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 great to see. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great pay per view. I wrote this at the end. Great pay per view. Um, really big fan of it. As I said, there was no bad matches on it. Um, so even even the little things that I did, you know, call out it was, you know, as you said, I'm harsh on that sense, but it's just purely because of, of what yeah. I like to see, and, yeah. and 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 that match in particular just fulfilled everything. You know, just just yeah. the little things. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, well, see, the for, the format is brilliant because the format is basically five quality matches with plenty of time for each match. Yeah, and there's, there's no, no there's no there's no rush. There's no messing about. There's no nonsense. There's no trying to crowbar in extra matches or any of that. It's just a solid wrestling show put together that you're meant to enjoy. And you can see when we talk about it, when we talk about these shows like NXT, we smile all the way through these podcasts talking about them. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's it's why we're fans. This is why we're fans of wrestling. You know what I mean? Obviously, we get those WrestleMania moments down through history that makes us fans as well. But but this these shows remind us of why we're still wrestling fans and why we've invested so much of our lives in it. And exactly. that's that's um that's how I summarize the show really. I love it. I love it. And until next week, Noel, it's been a pleasure having you back on the dozen. It was a great one to talk about. And once again, everybody yeah. go and check out Wrestling Mania on Facebook. Hit up Noel with a message for anything that you may need. If he can't get it, I'm sure he's gonna be able to source it from somewhere. Like I said, he is red, he is the man that knows how to find things. Uh he is my right hand man, I am proud to say. This show was brought to you exclusively as part of the Dynamo Podcast Network. For me, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, your host. For my guest, once again, Noel the Shopkeeper Hogan. For all of us here at Dynamo's Dozen, Dynamo is over and out. <laughs>